You're listening to the Church on the Move Roswell podcast. We hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Thanks for listening. Let's check it out. Hebrews 1 verse 1 says this. We're talking about warriors. And it says, throughout our history, God has spoken to our ancestors by his prophets in many different ways. The revelation he gave them was only a fragment at a time, building one truth upon another. You know, that is a principle of God. When the children of Israel entered into the promised land, God said, I'll give it to you little by little, because if I give it too too much, if I give you too much, it'll overwhelm you. He said, I don't want to overwhelm you. So he gives us stuff little by little. It's a process. And here's what I know. You know, I'm not a mathematician. Uh, You know, you get beyond addition, subtraction, multiplication, division. You get beyond that, man, I really don't want anything to do with it. But, uh, and my wife's like, she's shaking her head, she knows. I said, I'll do science, history, English, literature, just, I'm not doing any. I'm not going to learn algebra. I don't want to learn it. And so, uh, but uh, I just know this, that until until you learn addition and subtraction and division and multiplication, you, it's really hard to build on anything else when it comes to math. And so you have to learn these principles one step at a time, and you have to build it upon it. Well, God established that in our lives. It's a principle of his. Each prophet, and I love how God thinks and what Hebrews 1 says. It says um, that each, he spoke a little bit at a time through each prophet, and they're all talking about Jesus. Right, they're all talking about reveal. Everything's revealing Jesus. Everything's pointing to Jesus. But he said, I, "I and I did it in different ways too." And so, don't put God in this box and say, "Well, you have to do it this way." God, don't don't do that to him. Take each thing he's teaching you and be accountable for it. The problem a lot of times as Christians, we learn something and we don't really apply it. And so then something else comes along that we learn and we struggle to apply that because we didn't apply the first thing that we learned. And so God builds little by little so it doesn't overwhelm us when we get to certain places. And that's his principle. That's why he said, you know, I can just repeat scripture after scripture. Faithful with the little, ruler over much. After a while, much becomes little, and then he promotes you again. And so that's just his, that's the principle of God to, to, to just establish things so that we can understand them. And that understanding in the Bible God said, seek knowledge and understanding. The knowledge is the information. The understanding is the application. So he wants us to not just get the information. He wants us to get the application so we understand it. So it becomes not something we do. It becomes who we are. That we live the word. It just becomes who we are. It's it's our reaction. How many of you, when you've trained yourself so well that when something good happens, it doesn't matter if it's at work, at home, who it's around, you just can't help it. It just comes out of you. You just Someone says, man, can you believe what happened to me? And you just say, praise God. It just kind of comes out. It's like, and some people look at you like, what? What did you just say? I'm, I'm just, you know, every good gift comes from God, you know. You know but it, it can create some awkward moments in certain situations when you have around a bunch of unbelievers. But we trained ourselves so much to thank the Lord when something good happens because we know, we know 
that every good gift comes from him. And he causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust, on the believers and the unbelievers. And the reason the unbelievers get it too is because of us, because of the believers. Mark my words, when we're out of here, when, when the rapture happens, when he takes the church out of here, mark my words, man, we know the Antichrist will reign, all hell will break loose because the body of Christ is gone. But because we're here and you're at your job, you're in your family, the blessings that are pouring out on you overflow, overflow and pour out on others around you. And those are just the principles of God, but don't miss the, the steps that God's taking you because he's gonna hold you accountable for what you know, what you knew to do and whether you did it or not. Now we know that's not gonna be the difference between getting in heaven or not. The difference in that is just, is Jesus Christ truly the Lord of your life? Are you living for yourself or are you living for him? Are you, are you learning to live for him and going through that process because he's the leader, he's the Lord, and that's who you're following. He's the way, the truth, and your life is all invested in following him. That's the only way to get to heaven, right? The rest of it will depend upon a war, rewards in this life and the next, and there'll be some things. And so I just don't want you to miss stuff. So follow the teachings of God. When God speaks to you about something, put it into practice quickly and practice it until it becomes a part of you. I mean, I know athletes in this room. Uh, Pastor Sean's a basketball player. He could not, how long has it been since you played basketball, Pastor Sean? How many years? Six or seven years, he hadn't, he hadn't probably uh, picked up a basketball, but I guarantee if I threw him a basketball, he would catch it and I'd say, shoot it. He'd, it'd just be muscle memory. He would just catch it and shoot it. I mean, it'd just be muscle memory. He, would, he wouldn't have to go, well, how do I put my hands on the ball? And how do I catch? He would just catch it and he'd just shoot it. There's those, those of you who played football and different things, different sports, baseball, you know, you could not play catch forever. Someone throw you a pitch, you just... You know, you just got it. You just, you, it's just part of you. And that's what God wants to do in taking the principles, his principles, and, and taking, putting us in a place where we practice it so much, now it's just, it's just first nature. It's not second nature, first nature. And it lines up with the nature of the Lord, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit that he put inside of us. Our, our actions, our thinking, our attitudes, our words begin to line up with the new nature that we have inside of us by the Holy Spirit. So it becomes first nature. That's our first response. It just flows out of us. But, but remember, he holds us accountable for what we know. So when you learn and you come to church and you're reading your Bible, you're doing stuff, and God deals with your heart about a principle or about a thing, man, I want to encourage you, start practicing it immediately until, you, until it becomes a part of you. Because if you miss that step, a lot of times you don't get to go to the next step. You know, I've, I've, I've you know, as I've, process through being a Christian, man, I, I would want to jump steps. I'd want to just say, you know, God, let's go from here to there because this other stuff, this other stuff is hard. I don't want to do that. Let's just skip these and go to here, right? And, and God, he won't ever let you do that. I've wanted to bypass certain things, and I'll get in prayer and say, hey, God, this, you know, uh, this is going on, and I, I need you to do this, and I know your word promises this, and I'll begin to pray. And he's like, time out. You didn't do this. And because he's a, this is a principle of God, he builds step by step, one thing upon another. 
And so don't, don't try to skip the step, steps. Don't forsake the steps. I was talking to a young man today who really, you know, he's got a great relationship with Jesus. He lives in Phoenix and, or in Flagstaff, Arizona. And I was talking to him today, and he, he has, you can tell, I can just tell he has a great relationship with Jesus, real genuine, uh, real honorable. I say young man, he's in his early 30s. That's young to me now. And so, uh, but, you know, we were talking about uh, those principles and, and about those things, and it just flowed naturally out of him. He just understood certain things about who Jesus was in his life, and it was just amazing to listen to him talk and where, where he had taken him and where he was taking him and what he was dealing with him about to do right now and the process he was taking him through. It was amazing. And, and I just thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. Just, I just let him talk. He just processed some things. And, and guys, th- he didn't want to skip steps. I said he didn't want to skip steps. And we, we ended up uh, talking about enjoying every season because he's a young father and, and his wife and uh, him are growing in their marriage. And, and I, said, I said, man, enjoy every season. Don't, don't, don't try to jump. To live in the steps you're at and learn from those moments until you master it, till you truly understand it. It becomes a part of you, and then, then you can walk that out, and then God will take you to the next thing. I know I spent a lot of my time, and Julie will tell you, I spent a lot of my time trying to go from one thing to another to another, never truly enjoying the victories or the moments in my life. And I don't want any of you to miss that. You know, you, you get married, and then you have children, and you, you love your babies, but then you, you're tired of changing diapers, so you can't wait till they grow up, and then they grow up, and you're like, oh, let's go back to the diaper stage, because I'd rather have change a diaper than deal with a teenager, right? <laughs> and so, you know, there's just this, pro, and there's, but you know what, and then you can end up, if you get caught up in that mindset, you can lose so many days and months and years of your life, and not just kind of... Say, okay, God, whether it's good or bad or indifferent, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand in this moment. I'm going to be present in this moment, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow you to minister to me, and I'm going to learn, and I'm going to grow, and I'm going to figure out what I need to learn here. And in the process of that, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy you teaching me, whether it's, whether it's uh, you know, some mistakes I made, sins I committed, or sins others committed, or hurt from this, or hurt from this person, I'm just going to, I'm going to bask in your presence and allow you to process me, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not waste days. I'm not going to look back and go, golly, I spent five months going through that difficult time, and all I regret is, I regret because I didn't, I didn't progress through that faster because I just was angry or hurt, and I refused to just allow God in to teach me, grow me, and to process me through that moment so I learn what I need to learn. And, and, I, and I wasted so many days and it just, just wasted days not allowing God to minister to me and heal me and help me. Don't waste day. Don't live in regret. That's how you live in regret. Enjoy the day. Enjoy the season of your life where you're at. And allow God to minister to you. Now, let's look at verse 2 because I want to talk about this too before we get into uh, some steps of a warrior. But... Uh, principles of, of a warrior. But he said, but to us living in these last days, the last days is a reference to uh, after the resurrection of Christ. Anything after that is the last days. So in the, living in the last days, God now speaks to us openly, listen to this, in the language of a son. There's a language. 
that he speaks. And it says this, the appointed heir of everything from through him God created the panorama of all things and all time. God speaks in son language, S-O-N language. He speaks through the son in every level of life. He speaks through Jesus. He speaks, if I was to say, if I was to say, what language do you speak? And you say, well, I speak English or Spanish or whatever language. And, and you were to ask Jesus, what, or God, what language do you speak? God, he'd say, I speak son. Seriously, that's the language he speaks in. S-O-N. How does he speak? Because everything Jesus did while he was on the earth, everything it says he's doing now, that's how he's speaking openly and clearly to us. It's powerful. Do you know Hebrews, some of you might already know this, but the, the, the Hebrew, the word Hebrew means those who crossed over. The word Hebrew means those who crossed over. That's why there's a book of Hebrews in the, in the New Testament written to some Jews that were thinking about going back into Judaism and didn't want to pay the price for serving Jesus. But it's in the New Testament, not the Old Testament, because it's about Jesus. And it's for us too, because we've crossed over. We've crossed over from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. We've crossed over. You can theoretically say we're Hebrew too. Not in the sense that we're Jews, but in the sense that we crossed over as well. And he's saying how, how they crossed over and how we cross over is we listen to the language of the Son. When the Son speaks, when the Son acts, what the Son does, how the Son could, uh, handles situations, how the, what the Son says about him and about you and about me and about life, we sp he speaks Son language. And we need to, and how we learn it is we read in this book because this book is written in son language. S O N. The Son, the Lord Jesus Christ language. And so when you learn that language, you begin to understand the precepts of God, the principles of God, and He helps you build on principle upon principle and moves you forward in this life because he's always building us to a place where we, we go beyond ourselves, where we actually make a difference in other people's lives. That's his point. How do I know that? Well, it's real easy. Um, it's real easy. So Olivia, if you planted an orange tree, what would you expect to get? Oranges. Now, if that orange tree didn't produce any fruit after a while, you'd be like, this thing's dead, right? God never planted the seed in our mother's womb for it not to produce fruit. He planted a seed in our mother's womb. We came out, and now he's like, okay, you're like an orange tree. Let's produce some fruit. You know what he says? He says in his word in John that branches that don't produce fruit are dead, and he'll prune them. So that the branches that are there will even get bigger and better and the fruit will get bigger and better. He said, I take those dead branches and I throw them in the fire. He expects our lives to produce fruit. That's why he created you and me. 
to produce fruit. And I've told him, I said, Lord, we have six kids. We're good. We've done, we've done our part. Then grandbabies start coming like, okay, we're going to produce some more fruit here. But not just fruit uh, with human beings. Even though he does expect that, he told Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply, right? And he said, subdue the earth. And then uh, Jesus gave us a new, a new commission. That one didn't go away. That's still part of our commission. He, he, he added the, the most important part of that commission and said, now go tell everybody about me that they might believe. So that we, our life not only produces physical fruit, it produces spiritual fruit in the lives of others. And so when we learn the language of son, man, I, I tell you, when you learn that, you'll understand the principles. He'll take you through the process. And as I've said many times, he'll not only give you victories, he'll teach you how to maintain that victory, and then he'll take you to another victory. Layer upon layer. But don't stop and say, I'm done learning. Because then you're done growing. And then when you're done growing, you'll become stagnant after a while, and you'll start going backwards. You never want to go backwards. Paul, Paul wrote, and it's, I say Paul, it's really the Holy Spirit wrote, not Paul. Paul pen, put it to pen and paper or spoke it, but it's the Holy Spirit that said it and, and wrote it. He said, there's one thing I have gained. I forget the past and press forward. Everybody say forward. I press forward to the mark of the high calling of Christ. God's always saying, let's go. Forward, 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 forward. And he'll take you at the pace you allow him to. He's just like that. I mean, he, won't, he won't push you beyond your own pace or where you don't want to go. He won't take you where you don't want to go. But he'll, you know, I love, I love the Old Testament when uh, I think it was Moses that said, man, I won't go anywhere that God's not going. But if he's going, I'm going. Well, guess what? Jesus is going forward. And so he said, if you're going to go where God goes, you've got to be going forward too. Let's go forward together. So I said all of that to get to the next principle. And so go with me to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, uh, verse 1. Uh, last week we ended on talking about worship and um, it says in Romans 12, 1, it said, Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's, God's marvelous mercies? Now, you show me somebody who lives a life of worship, who understands that every thought and action says something to God, and I'll show you someone who understands how much mercy they've been shown. When people don't understand how much mercy they've been shown, they don't worship. Show me someone who understands the mercy that God has shown them by the blood of Jesus, and I'll show you someone who will actually worship God. Not just lift their hands and sing, even though it's part of it. You know, guys, I, I, I was the type of guy that I sat in the back row of every auditorium, everything, every, I, was in, I wanted to be in the back row on the aisle so I'd get out of there if I wanted to. And I, I didn't, I wasn't demonstrative in public. 
um, in public. I didn't want to be touched. I didn't want anybody to touch me. I just wanted to not be noticed and just be there. Just be there. You guys do your thing. I'm out of here as soon as it's over. And so, man, when I got in church and I got born again, it wasn't a few weeks in that they're singing these songs, and I finally understand what's going on a little bit. And I see all these people lifting their hands and singing to God. And, man, I just... I just was shown so much mercy. I understood how much sin I committed. And that one sin made me unworthy of the kingdom. But Jesus died for my sins. And he alone made me worthy that I was shown so much mercy. I just, man, I started about right here. But I couldn't stay there. I couldn't, I started about right here. I'm like, and I know I don't sing good. So I would just kind of whisper. And then, you know, I kind of worked my way up, you know. And once I got here, I just went all in and put the other hand up too. Went righty and lefty. But listen. And then once I realized that God doesn't care how I sing, he's like a daddy that loves their kids. Oh, you sing beautifully, you know. If you ever watch those voice shows, man, especially the ones that let anybody try out, they don't filter them. Man, you have people in there, and they're like, I'm the best singer you're ever going to hear. And they sing, and you're like, someone lied to you. Your mama loved you, but she lied to you. And so, but, but yeah, and I just realized it didn't matter. And so I just began to worship. And, man, I, I just can't help it, man. When I get in the presence and our worship team and people are worshiping, and, the, and I just, man, I just, I've been shown so much mercy. How can I not worship? And God's not just talking about singing a song here or lifting your hands. By the way, when our praise and worship team stopped singing and you guys took over, it was incredible. I'm like, God, this is our offering to you tonight. Here you go. And I guarantee you he was pleased. But he said this, when you understand mercy, he said, to surrender yourselves to God, to be his sacred living sacrifices, and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart, not our heart, that delights his heart, for this becomes your genuine, genuine, real expression of worship. So not just, I know people that lift their hands and sing, and they're real demonstrative, and then they walk out of here, and they're cussing somebody out on the way home, or, you know, go to work the next day, and show up late, and don't work hard, and lazy, and want to tell people how much they love Jesus. Listen, God not, God's not playing that game. He's like, man, your genuine expression of worship is, is that you, you purpose on purpose to live a life that magnifies him. And you won't be perfect at it. I'm not, you're not, but you can be really good and consistent at it. I said you can be really good and consistent. And I was talking about leadership with Nick Snorberg the other day on our podcast, All American View, and I talked about, we talked about uh, that confidence comes from consistency. When you consistently practice something, you build confidence. So when you consistently live for Christ, you build this confidence that you can go before him and, and go right into his presence and ask. He said, ask what you, if you, my word, he said, if, if, if you live in me and my word lives in you, ask what you will and I'll do it. You, there's a confidence and a level of faith that you'll go to when you, when you really learn that, hey, your life is an act of worship and you understand how much mercy we've been shown it just, it's, it just becomes part of who you are that you want to do better. You want to worship God with your life. You want to worship God in the secret places of your mind. 
You don't want to operate with jealousy or envy or anger or lust. or You, you just don't want to. And so you, you cast those thoughts down the way the Bible says. says take every thought captive and cast it down if it tries to exalt itself above God. You just say in the name of Jesus, I cast that thought down. And you, you practice that on a daily basis of, of making sure your thought life and your heart and what you're doing lines up with the will of God. And you, you actually think about it during the day like, God, you know, if you want to show me something or do something today, I'm open, I'm available. In the meantime, I'm going to do what you said. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to be good to people. I'm going to honor you and how I live. And if you want to do something different today, you speak to me and I'll do it. I mean, that's how you really worship God. And warriors worship. They worship with, with song and praise and lifting their hands. Warriors worship with their life. And they, they gladly lay down and become a living sacrifice for God. And so we talked about that, and I want to get to the next thing. And it's repentance. Go with me to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. You know, John the Baptist came preaching repentance. And then when John said, I must decrease so he can increase, Jesus took over. And it says, from that time on, Jesus began to proclaim his message with these words. Keep turning away from your sins and come back to God for heaven's kingdom realm is now accessible. Or it says, in some of your versions, it says, repent, change, turn. Go a different direction than your sins. And it's not just a road to nowhere. You turn your back on sin and you walk into the goodness of God. He said, you go into the kingdomly realm and start conducting yourself like a prince and princess of the kingdom. Or a king and priest of the kingdom. And so he said, repent, repent, change, change. Turn away from that and run to the goodness of God. That's what repentance is. That's what Jesus preached. That's what the Holy Spirit is still preaching today. He's still saying the same things. But this is what he says. He said, if you'll choose me, I'll fill you with my Holy Spirit and give you my word. I'll enlighten my word to you, give you revelation knowledge of my word, and I will help you turn. I will help you say no to sin, and I will help you walk in the blessings and goodness of God and lay down your life for him. He said, I'll help you. I won't leave it to you. I'll help you. I'll empower you to do it. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead will help you and raise you up. He didn't leave us without help. He gave us all the help we needed. He said, I've given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. You already have it. It's already in you by the Holy Spirit. And how you discover what's in you is by reading the word because the spirit and the word are one. This is sun language. They speak sun language. S-O-N. And so God wants us to walk in repentance. Listen, uh, the world thinks passion. Warriors think decision. That should be your fifth key. The world thinks passion. Warriors think decision. Otherwise, the world is run based on emotion in their flesh, but God's people, they operate their life by choices. We're not ruled by our emotions. Matter of fact, Romans says, if you're led by your flesh, which is your, your, own, your own emotions, your own selfishness, your own junk in your thinking, that if you're ruled by your flesh, 
it'll bring death into your life. But if you follow the Spirit, if you're led by the Spirit, not your flesh, it's a choice that it'll bring life and peace into your, into your life. God's life. God's life is good. You know, if I could text it to it, it'd be G-O-D. It's really good. Like, that's God life. God life is good and peaceful. And it doesn't mean there's always peace on the outside, but there's always a peace and a confidence on the inside that my God's got my back. He's got my back. And so what does that have to do with repentance? Repentance is a choice. It's a choice. Listen to this. Repentance is an attitude that leads to action. So it's a choice to say, hey, I choose to live a life of change. That I'm going to run away from sin, exactly what it said, we just read. I'm going to run away from sin, what Jesus preached, and I'm going to run to God. I'm making a choice that's going to be my attitude. And my attitude, because that's my attitude, it's going to turn to actions. Let me give you another thought about repentance. Repentance is an interchange of heart and mind and an outward change of life. People who are really repentful, that are, they're not just trying to offer an apology to God. You know, I know all of us have probably had people in our lives that keep doing the same thing to us, and they say, sorry, sorry, sorry. And after a while, we're like, man, you're not sorry. You haven't changed a thing. You just keep, just keep hurting me. There's others who say, I'm sorry, and you see that they're, they're really attempting. To, they might not have perfected it, and they might do it again, but you can tell they're making a genuine attempt to change how they're acting and what they're doing to not hurt you anymore. Right? And so, and we, we can see the difference. After a while, time tells us the difference. Time always reveals if we truly want to change or not. Time, time reveals. That's why through faith and patience you inherit the promises because that time in there is God building those principles we talked about at the beginning. He's building those principles inside of you and it's testing you whether you really believe it or not. Whether you really believe it or not. Time. Because time proves people out. Time proves things out circumstances out. There was a time when people would say, well, church on the move, man, there's this little bitty building across the street. There'll never be anything. They don't, they're not significant in the community and they don't do anything. And, you know, there was a time that people said that for years. People would tell me, ah, nothing's ever good come out of church on the move and nothing good ever comes out of the south side of Roswell. And, man, they would just blast us in all kinds of ways. But time proved that wrong and proved God right that, he can, take, he can take anything. He can take a rock and make it worship. If we'll yield, God will do something with us. Amen? And so time is de definitely a distinguisher. And when you're really repentant, you're going to see that inward change, that attitude of I want to run from evil and run to God will eventually bring external, real-life change. Let me give you another one. This is from C.S. Lewis, who wrote, what did he write? Chronicles of Narnia? C.S. and he wrote several other things. Uh, but he said, repentance is um, no fun at all. 
It is something harder than merely eating humble pie. It means unlearning the self-conceit and self-will that we have been training ourselves into and for over thousands of years. That over thousands of years, human beings have been training to be self-willed and self-conceited, selfish, and we have to unlearn all that. And sometimes, you're not only battling what you have to unlearn, you're dealing with some generational stuff that you're having to, you're fighting a battle for a for hundred generations before you and, and hopefully uh, are behind you and a hundred generations in front of you. That, those are worth the battles. Those fights are worth it. Uh, those fights are worth it. But it comes with real repentance, and to change is not easy. Matter of fact, the majority of personalities, about 68% of personalities, actually more than that, about 75% of personalities hate change. They don't like it. But if you'll yield to the Spirit of God, God will teach you that change for Him is not only good, but it's the only thing that will be acceptable in God's eyes for your life. But in two personalities that add up to be about 75% of all personalities, maybe a little bit more, man, they, re- they resist change. If you have that kind of personality, and I'll tell you, if you have it, <laughs> that you would like to have one day that was really good and just repeat that with nothing new happening. Just let me repeat this day, and that'll be good. I'll be good. It's a, this good day. I just want to have this good day, 365 days a year the rest of my life. I just want to have this kind of day. And, and, that, and that personality leads to peace and wants peace and thrives on peace and wants security and builds families and builds secure places for people because they like secure places but can really heavily resist repentance, which is change. But who you're resisting is the Holy Spirit. But because he gave you and I the Holy Spirit, he helps us and encourages us, hey, these changes are going to be good for you. You need to make these changes. And somewhere along the line, all of us have to embrace repentance where we, where we embrace that as a lifestyle because when we embrace repentance and change, turning our backs on sin and running towards the goodness and promises of God, when we change that lifestyle and we begin to do that, that's, that's one of the first principles God has to build inside of us so we can trust us to bear more fruit for Him. Because if we can't manage ourselves, how can we possibly help anybody else? Even if we do, it's hypocritical. So he starts with us and says, hey, I want you to begin to change. I want you to begin to turn. You've crossed over on the inside to the kingdom of light. Now, this is how the kingdom of light operates. This is how the kingdom of heaven operates. It turns its back on evil and runs towards good. It turns its back on curses and runs towards blessings. It turns us back on hell and runs towards heaven. And it moves constantly and consistently forward towards heaven. And so, man, if you have not embraced that, I would encourage you tonight to pray when you go home and say, God, if I've been resisting you, I don't want to resist you. 
I want to yield to you. And I want you to, if there's things I need to change that I've been resisting you, I yield to you. Change me, grow me, teach me, take me where you want me to go. Because God, I want to be able to stand before you and hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. You did what I called you to do. You produced what I wanted you to produce. You don't want to be rebuked. We talked about living in regret. If you don't repent, you'll live in regret. If you don't change and make the changes that God is dealing with you about, you'll always live in regret. And if you don't live in regret and 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 you resent that, you'll end up angry or depressed. It'll all go inward too, and it'll it'll just rock your world and destroy your life. So you either live backwards or, or you allow what happened in the past to turn you into someone bitter or someone that is, you know, like Eeyore on, on Winnie the Pooh. That's constantly negative and constantly down and out and never happy or, and never, you know, nothing's ever good. I mean, it'll, it'll just eat you up until you really learn to say, God, I embrace the changes you're bringing in my life. Teach me, grow me, help me. I know you've empowered me by the Spirit of, of God, by your Holy Spirit. I've been empowered to live this life that you created me to live, and I yield to you. I want to be led by the Spirit, not by my flesh. And that's what repentance brings. That's where he wants to lead us and take us to that place. And it has to be, it's a choice. It must be intentional. It must be intentional. I'll leave you with this one last thought I wrote in here. Not just forsaking evil, but desiring. Everybody say desire. The word desire in the Bible is is like an on-fire passion. Like He he says, desire, eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. He said, we should have a passion to pray out and pursue God to bless us with spiritual gifts. He said, we should have a passion for it. And he said, the greatest one we should have a passion for is to tell people about Jesus. But that's what that word desire means. And so he said, not just forsake evil, but passionately desire the goodness of God. Let me say it again. Passionately desire the blessings of God. And the pleasure that comes from doing what God asks you and tells us to do. We need to eagerly desire the the blessings and the pleasure of pleasing God. It needs to be a burning fire in our bellies. And he wants us to do it together so that we can do more than what I can just do with the work of my hands. By, By thousands of us, man, we can do, oh my gosh what we can accomplish together. God loves people working together. It's beautiful to him. It's beautiful. It's beautiful to me. It's beautiful to him. He loves family. When all the family's doing what they're called to do and they're gifted to do and they're supposed to do. You know, I don't cook anything at my house. Very very few things. You know, I'll burn some bacon every once in a while. I'll mess up some scramble. I made scrambled eggs for my grandkids the other day, and they, they didn't eat them. I couldn't get Eli, my grandson, to eat hardly any of them. And I, I kind of forced it upon Fallon, my two-and-a-half-year-old granddaughter. I just said, baby, you got to eat a couple more. I just kind of shoving them in her mouth. And she's like, I'm like, man, how did I mess up scrambled eggs? 
Somehow I messed it up. So they don't ask me to cook, but you know, I carved the turkey. Thanksgiving, Christmas, I carved the turkey. I, I, I'm pretty good at it. You know, and so I do the things I'm good at. Others in the family do what they're good at. And we end up having this big Thanksgiving family dinner that Julie makes her, her special honey ham and my mom makes this great fruit salad and so-and-so makes this that's awesome. And, and it just it comes together as this big, beautiful meal. And when we're all working together and doing our thing, we all get to sit and feast. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us all do what we're gifted to do so we can all come and sit and feast at God's table. And His feast is good. Amen? Praise be to God. Listen, every eye closed in this room and online, if, if you've been watching and listening, I, I just want everybody in this room to know and you to know God loves you and He wants to save your life. He died to save our lives. And he sends his word about who he is and what he is and what he's done. And in his word is faith. There's faith in his word. And he sows a faith in you. And then you have to make a choice. Will you believe or rebel against God? Will you believe or will you doubt God? Rebellion and doubt wrecks your life. Will you let the enemy, Satan, steal the seed that was sown into you that God loves you? He died for you. He rose from the dead. And he wants to save your life. Will you, you let the enemy steal that seed from you? How does he steal it? You don't act on it. You don't receive it. Every heart in this room and online is, a, is soil. Your heart is a soil. And what you let in will be planted in there and will produce fruit in your life for good or evil. <coughs> and this seed of God's word has been scattered in you tonight. He throws it out in abundance. And now you get to choose in your heart, do I receive this or not? Do I receive it or reject it? Do I want to go to heaven or do I choose hell? Do I want to walk in God's goodness or do I want to walk in the curses that my sin has brought my own life and others bring into my life and what I bring into theirs? Do I want to live selfless and allow God to teach me that, how to do that? Or do I want to live selfish? Do I want to be remembered by what I gave? Or do I want to be remembered by what I took? Do I want people to weep when I pass? Because I gave. I told them about Jesus. I lived for Jesus. I gave to them spiritually, tangibly. Do I want people to say, well... They lived an insignificant life. All they just were takers. I'm saying that for someone in this room. Or maybe someone online. God's placed you in the valley of decision. Because He loves you. He's given you an opportunity to choose, but it's your choice.
He will not force believing on him on you. But if you say, okay, I get it. I believe Jesus died for me. I believe God sent him. I believe he did it because he loves us. I believe he did it for everyone that would believe on him. Everyone that would believe. Anywhere, anytime, any place. Anyone. And I believe I'm an anyone and I, I want to receive Jesus Christ as the Lord of my life. And I want him to receive me into his kingdom. Forgive me of my sins. Grant me heaven as my eternal home. Fill me full of the Holy Spirit so I can live for Him in this life and worship Him with my life. If you want that and you've never prayed, I I had never prayed. First prayer I ever prayed was to receive Jesus Christ as the Lord of my life. First prayer I ever prayed. And I meant it. I knew there was something deeply missing inside of me. And so do you. And if you know that, you believe that, and you want to pray and get right with God before you leave here, we want to pray with you right now. I want to pray with you that are online, whether you're watching live tonight or watching you know, two weeks from now, this prayer is still good for you. Don't try to, don't try to escape and say, well, I, you know, this is not live. No. God's right there where you're at. Right now. He knows no time nor space. So if God's dealing with your heart and, and you're, you're ready to say, okay, Lord, I submit my life to you. I realize you're the only way and I'm, I'm going to give you my life. Trust you with it. Then we're going to pray right now. Or maybe it's not your first time, but you need a next time. I needed many next times. Most of us do. Not all of us, but most of us do. So whether it's your first time or your next time, we want to pray with you right now. So online, I'm going to ask you, don't even hesitate. Send us a message and say, I'm praying for the first time, I'm praying for the next time. In this room, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand and say, it's me, I need to get right with God. Put your hand down, and then we're going to pray all together, right where you're seated, right where you're at online. We're all going to pray together. So if that's you, and you want to pray and get right with God, one, Two, three, just put your hand up high and say, it's me. Thank you. Thank you. You just put it up and put it down. Thank you, guys. Thank you. You can put it down. Thank you. Let's pray then. Let's all pray together. Let's pray with these that raised their hand. Pray with these these people online. Say this together. Say, God, I believe you are God and God alone. I believe you love me. You love us. And you sent Jesus. He died on a cross for our sins, for my sins. I believe you raised him from the dead, and he's alive. 
And you did all of that to rescue me, to save me from sin and destruction. And because I believe that, I ask that you forgive me of all my sins by the blood of Jesus. And I receive your full pardon, your forgiveness right now. And I choose today to forgive those who have hurt me. It's not an emotion, Father. It's a choice to receive your forgiveness and give it to others. And I say to you, Jesus, you are the Lord Jesus Christ of my life. And I receive the Holy Spirit that leads me, guides me, teaches me how to live for you. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. Come on, let's thank God. He's so good. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to find out more about Church on the Move, like our service times, or how you can connect with us, you can visit cotmroswell.com.